Welcome to Panic Proof Radio. I'm your host, Jess Tyson, and I'm here to help you get out of your own way, stop panicking, and start living a life you love. Today's guest is none other than the fabulous Amy Landino. Amy is an entrepreneur, speaker, coach, author, leader, creator, influencer, and little known fact, one of my very best friends. And I'm so excited to have her today because Amy does so much for her business on her own. And I was curious to know how she was using her team to help her get things done when she has to be the face of so much that needs to get done. So today we're gonna talk about all the different ways that she has hired help, both virtual and in-person, why that makes a difference, and how she finds people and how she sets them up for success based on their motivations and their needs. So without further ado, Let's welcome Amy. Amy Landino, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? I'm better now because I'm sitting with you, Jess. It's so good to see you. Thank you for having me. Yes, thank you for being here. I'm so excited to talk to you because we have had a similar start in terms of, you know, blogging and just working on the internet and social media and stuff but then we took two very different paths um but we're we're both at the point where we're running our companies and doing so many different things and working with so many different people uh, but still have like totally different experiences so i wanted to talk to you about that and first i want to say that i see you first and foremost as a creator but then also as an entrepreneur author and influencer. Would you agree? Are there any other titles that you well, have? I guess here's here's how I think of it. I, I definitely am okay with the word influencer as long as it's put in that order. Okay, <laughs> so like, okay. to me, yeah, I think everything about what I've always done is I like, I guess it, it starts like this. I thought growing up, I was going to be a news anchor because I just yeah. loved that they knew everything and they told everybody everything. I felt like that was me. I always wanted to connect people to information. So I'm really glad that that's not what I had to do with my life in order for that to be the case. But it I ended up helping me to become a creator and ultimately an expert in my field. And there's a lot of different ways that I've been able to work within that. Influencer is a term I think a lot of people use in a lot of different capacities. It is definitely along the lines of things that I do within all of my work, but I don't think that that's my main objective. I think anyone who is an expert in their field, ultimately their job is to influence someone, Mm -hmm. um, hopefully for the better. And, and so, yes, I will take that. I will take that, but yeah. (laughs) I love that. And I love that you said that because I don't think that, um, not everyone feels that some people are just trying to do it for the fame. And I think you really actually are doing it because you want to help people. So that's great. So thank you for doing that. (laughs) And let's talk about your team. And when did you, when you were thinking about your growth path and when you started thinking about scaling, did you think of it that way? Did you think about scaling? Did you think about hiring people? Honestly, no, you know, my tagline is go after the life you want. Let me tell you a little bit about the life I want. I like to, at the time it was stay home and cuddle with my dog and work on the computer. Like that, like that was it. Like if I could just map that out, I was good. So to me, adding more people to the fold, especially as 
a, a pretty natural introvert. I know I can come off different ways in different contexts, but I'm an introvert. Like I need to rehabilitate with nobody around, but it really didn't sound interesting to me. I wasn't excited. I didn't want to let go of tasks. I thought I could do better. I knew for a fact that I had the entire internet at my disposal. I could learn anything I wanted. If I wanted to learn how to do something, why would I hire somebody to do it? I would do it myself. And I think as you know, a young 20 something ambitious, like I'm going to start my own business. That made a lot of sense. And I actually think that I probably was best served with that method, with that thought process in getting started, but there reaches a point where you just realize all the things you want to do in the world, you can't do on your own and you cannot put a price on time. You really can't. And so I think that continued to guide me in the process. And, um, I knew I needed help because it was really showing its ugly head that I wasn't good at everything. And that was frustrating. (laughs) So I was like, okay, maybe I need to get some help. So it wasn't so much the conversation of scaling. And I don't even know that I'm having that conversation in that way in my head, because I hear that word in a lot of different ways now. Um, It's more just how many more people can I get to help me do this really cool thing? That's more what it feels like to me now, but it took me time to get there mostly to teach myself how to motivate somebody to do their best work because I needed their best work to be way better than my best work because I shouldn't have to be the expert in what they do if they can be. And then we can join forces and make it way better in the long term. Right. Let's talk a little more about that mindset shift. So there's the mindset of getting someone else there, but there's also the mindset shift of you actually recognizing what you said, which is that maybe you're not good at everything, but that's one part of it. The next part is then getting to the point where you feel like you can ask for some help. So how did you get there? Do you, do you remember? <laughs> this is still, still a process. Really- like the perfect question for me, because I will always say, you know, the cliche question, um, which you don't ask any cliche questions on your podcast, but the cliche question on every business podcast is like, what's your biggest weakness? And that really Mm -hmm. is it. I've never been good at asking for help. Uh, You know, I really grew up with a very independent, you know, every woman for themselves mindset. And I don't think it's that I think a, a series of things have to happen in your life as you grow up for that to be the the headspace. But I don't think anybody, you know, I don't think I had a hard childhood, let's put it that way. But somehow I ended up with that mentality. Mm-hmm. And um, and so it's always been very challenging to ask for help. And so in part, you know, it, it gets easier to me if I can make it a transaction and it feels less personal, which is why I think growing a team and business and like compartmentalization has gotten easier for me. Cause I show respect to the people for what will motivate them. Like I need to know what motivates you so I can figure that out. But no, I think there's a huge, there's a huge thing there. I still struggle with a lot of that. Like, do we need somebody to do this job or should it still be me? Mm -hmm. And the intricate, especially as a creator, because on the outside, and I'm still dealing with this, you know, actually at this moment on the outside, my colleagues up for the last 10 years, you know, Amy, why do you do this? Why do you do that? That's such a waste of your time. You should be doing high level this and high level that. That's a really easy thing for people to say on the outside. Now mm-hmm. that advice is valuable. I think we need to listen to people who have been further and gone distances that we would like to go and take that into consideration, but it isn't Bible. Like we need no. to say, 
that may not be a fit for me because it's actually going to change the dynamic of something very special that's that's different for me. So anyway, I think that's part of it is being able to ask for help, but also knowing what you really need to ask for help in. Because yeah. if you can get back all that time, that's how I ended up convincing myself. Yeah. I'm getting back all that time, not having to worry about all these little details that I'm missing, like straight yeah. up, I'm missing them. I don't see them, I miss them and that's it. Somebody else needs to handle that so I can do the visionary creative stuff. And if we have that, then we're in a good spot. Right. How did you go about evaluating your time so that you could figure out what was possible to be delegated? So I think, I mean, it kind of just makes me think of like how I ended up hiring my first BA. So if I can just like give that as an example, because mm -hmm. for me, I was grappling with that decision so much. It came down to a timing conversation. It was like, what can I offer someone that takes too much time that I am fairly certain they cannot screw up, which you should never really think that because quite frankly, if you don't train somebody properly, they're going to screw it up on some level. Yeah. But interestingly, as rigid as I am about my calendar, scheduling appointments is not something I necessarily have to do. So I thought about, you know, how much time does it take me every time I'm going to do a podcast with somebody and they say, how's Monday at six or whatever. And it's like the back and the forth and the putting it in the calendar and the link to the zoom and all that stuff, lots of details that I'm terrible at. I would show up late or I would show up too early or I would show up on the wrong day for all these different things. <laughs> so I figured, okay. Clearly, as much as I care about my calendar, it doesn't mean I'm the best at managing it. I will live by it, but somebody else needs to tell me where to be. Mm -hmm. So that was how I ended up saying like, okay, I think I can open up my world to someone else because that's a good potentially five to 10 hours of scheduling and screwing up that I could get back in a week. And that's right, a lot right. of time. That's a lot of time. So that was very sexy to me. And I was like, mm -hmm. okay, well, let's give it a try. And that's how I finally hired my first VA. And you talked about motivation before. Have you always taken that approach in working with people or is that, did you do that with your first VA and how did that all go? You know, I think initially I was kind of, I was kind of like scared to like get to know someone in that way. Cause it feels so distant and I wanted, I just, the word respectful always comes to mind. Like, I don't know what it is. I just, I want to respect everyone's space. You don't work for me full time. I don't have unnecessary expectations of you. Um, and, and I didn't know how much they cared about me. I didn't know how many clients they had. Like, I just wanted to be like, how do we make this the most out of this? But as I've, as I've <laughs> grappled with those issues personally, um, I realized, you know, it does come down to when you really just get to know somebody you can start understanding what's important to them. Um, and, you know, I feel like I read this in your book and uh, also in Chris Ducker's book, uh, Virtual Freedom, because the two really educated me a lot on, on you know, how do you have a conversation with somebody and get on their level of, so that you know how they'll show up for work at 100%, because it's not always money. Right. And that was really interesting to me because money was the qualifier that I put on 
the relationship. Like Mm -hmm. this person is only showing up right now because of what their fee is. And so as long as I pay that fee, then all is good. Not necessarily like your relationship may not be in a good place, even if you pay your bill on time. So yeah, I think I started learning, like I need to know these people individually so that I can understand how they're motivated because that also teaches me about how they are held accountable. People are held accountable in very different ways. It just depends on their personality and the way that they tick. And so, yeah, I even you can't just have high expectations of somebody because they said they're going to deliver a job. You have to get where they're coming from at the same time. Right. I love that. I'm so happy you said that. The, the thing that so many people overlook, and I think it's partly uh a misconception about VAs. It's like sometimes people forget that they're people. And so, mm-hmm. and and it's just a transaction, like you said, and that is so common. And what I say to people is, yes, it's a transaction, but that's not only what it is. And there are people on the other side of your QuickBooks invoice who want to be asked how they're doing today. Yes. <laughs> and just a very simple, and they're used to being behind the scenes. They're used to not being, you know, quote unquote, like in the spotlight or important or whatever. So even the smallest gesture to get to know them and to get to know what, what makes them tick is so valuable and will really help you develop that long-term relationship. And I, I don't think people, I don't think people appreciate the cost of turnover as much as they should. So if you're spending all this time trying to find, hire, and train a VA, you better also try hard to keep them. So so if you could tell me, um, what does your executive assistant do for you now? So it's a very different situation now. I have somebody full-time and they are close, which is really cool because as much as we work on the internet, there's still a lot of things logistically that have to happen in person. So there's been a lot of value there. Honestly, it, it runs the gamut. Um, one of the most important things for me is in order for me to do my best work, I just, I just need to be able to put my head down and just like be in my hole. And I know that that sounds terrible and I have to go back and forth on that. Like, are you a good leader or not? You're just like in your hole and like this team's working for you. There's a balance between like, how do you best motivate your team, make sure that they're set up for success, but not take away from who you are and the whole right. reason that this company is operating. So I think I think about that and I talk to myself about it every day. Um, fortunately, my EA has gotten to the point where she's not just doing some of the executive tasks where it's like scheduling and she's helping with fulfillment of our planner. Like we don't even have a fulfillment company for that. Like she and my team members come together to ship that stuff out. And that's amazing. Um, but she's also really kind of playing a chief of staff role where she's project managing and meeting with the team every single day, which is really important now because we don't work in the office at the moment full time. It's still an option for them, but with the state of things, everyone's working remotely. So having that touch base that really is only the only social interaction they end up getting, which they need and I don't, (laughs) you know, every, every single morning, um, that's a, that's a big, big piece of it that there's, there is a personality trait that goes into that, that is so important to me because I don't have it. So I need the person that knows what's going on with everybody's worlds to be that person. So I have to say like, that's one of the biggest things, project management, lots of just like little detailed stuff. I could go on for days of what she does, but most importantly, I think she just has a bird's eye view of what's Amy doing and what's everybody else doing 
and and how can we make sure that everything's operating at the most efficient level possible which is just that's just invaluable to me morale and and i'm not always the best person to like really deliver that in the most efficient and most uh just like understandable capacity. Like I need somebody to make sense of it. So I don't, we weren't necessarily doing it like that from the beginning, but she's only been with me now for a year. Actually, she's wow. just about to have her one year anniversary. So um, it escalated radically. And I think that that was just because when, again, you understand someone's motivations and you understand um, what they're really, really good at. And you see how well they are working at showing initiative and doing what they do best. It gets a lot easier to trust somebody to mm -hmm. be able to let go of things and just know that them trying is good enough. And hopefully it's way better than good enough when they do it. And it's mm -hmm. all, it's, it's been way better than good enough. So being able to really lean on her and say, like, can you just touch base with everybody and make, they have a thing on, um, it's great. It's, it's working. And so I, it wasn't something that I wanted to dump in someone's lap right away, but it was definitely a direction we knew we were going. So we prepared her for that in the interview process so that it wasn't completely out of left field. Great. That's, that's awesome. Did, were there things that you did in the beginning in terms of training? Did you have training left over from other EAs or were there a lot of new things that you had to get together? So we had, what we try to do is record a lot of the things that we do all the time. And there's so many things at week after week, day after day that we do consistently. So we had some recordings to work with a lot of like processes, like written out, um, probably not to the greatest ability. Cause clearly I wasn't happy with the person before her, but the person before her was an EA, but virtual and she mm -hmm. wasn't full-time and she was fabulous. So mm -hmm. there were still a lot of bases that were covered from her time there. And actually I ended up, I think I ended up having her help me onboard this second EA. So she mm -hmm. helped. So my That's EA awesome. from two, two times ago, ultimately onboarded <laughs> both of them and trained them both. Um, so that was really helpful. Yeah. too. She was available too. So I think that that's really special when you have that, um, which, which is I very fortunate, but yeah, no, I think it takes having some things like backed up. I really, really hate teaching anybody how to do anything unless it's being recorded because mm -hmm. it does, it has nothing to do with whether or not you're going to have turnover as much as it has to do with, I don't want you to ask me the same question 10 times. Right, I want right. you to be able to go back and continue to do this. And you're not going to have to ask me after two, cause you'll get used to it but I don't even want it the second time. I want you to just watch this recording back so that you're as efficient as possible. So we we really invested in building out those archives of like that silly little button. Why is it always broken? Here's how you fix it, that, that kind of thing. Yeah, I really want everyone to hear that message because even if you're not hiring someone now or don't think you will anytime soon, you can start recording yourself doing things today. And if there's something that you're doing over and over, not only will you have that recording then for the future, but you'll be like, oh, wait, I'm doing this over and over. Maybe somebody else can do it. It's like the yes. start of the of the mindset shift, which I, I love seeing the slow burn uh, of that. <laughs> so so you had you've had a bunch of different people work with you and for you. How do you typically find people? 
I have a really, really luxurious problem of lots of people pay attention to my Instagram account. So, um, I, I really, it's, what I've learned over time is that the people that shined the most were a very special blend of mission passionate of what I'm doing mm. and detail oriented. Mm. So, um, and, and it depends on the role, but most things that you've got to do with me are pretty detail oriented, which is so annoying because I am not detail oriented. So well, that's um, the it, point. That's why I right. need someone else. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. So, um, as much as we probably could have gone a few different directions and I'm not going to sit here and say it's the best tactic of all time, but I just, I just can't imagine not going to my community first Mm -hmm. if I am in a hiring situation. And we've done that every time and every time it's worked out, even if we've had a couple people that have been let go. Um, it was either a very valuable learning experience for me, Mm -hmm. just kind of understanding how they found out about the job um, in fact, one in one situation, it was like their sister told them about it. The passion was not there directly. Mm. Um, and it just ultimately didn't work out for a couple of things, but still like, okay, well, now I'll know that for the future. You know, they right. found out about it in this casual place, but maybe their heart wasn't exactly in the right spot. And so mm. we can kind of measure those things. Um, I haven't gotten to the point where I'm hiring a recruiter because I really think the mission passionate piece is so big. And Mm. so who better to ask than go to my community, which even if they're not local and we're committing people to being local, why, why can't they tell their friends that live close by to me? Like you should work for this girl and Mm. have them start to spread that word of mouth of, okay, well, what she's doing is amazing things. Again, we have to make sure that the passion level is at the point that's, that's going to, we're going to see somebody, they can't all be huge fans of the brand because I think that can also be weird territory too. Mm. I'm in a, I'm in a challenging place to have somebody that's so distracted by how much they love the brand. They can't do the job the most effectively. You have to catch that as early as possible, but, um, but yeah, you don't need the opposite end of the spectrum either. So it's like this very happy medium. And I, I just, feel really good going to my community because they know such amazing people that if it's not them, then they know somebody. And so yeah. that's worked out a couple of times. It's not worked out every time, but um, it's been worth it so far. It really has for, for who I have on the team. It's been very much worth it. That's yeah. And I, I, I always recommend that. I thought that was going to be your answer, but I always say, go to your people first. Even if you don't have mm. a community, your colleagues, your friends in the industry, wherever you are, because someone might know someone, like you said, it might not be the, someone they know directly, but maybe they're connected, their sister, their cousin, somebody's looking yeah. for this opportunity and you just haven't met them yet. Uh, so I love that. And the, the nuance of, of what you said about they have to care, but they can't, they can't like want to be you, right? Like <laughs> I had this yeah. conversation with someone recently, um, a PR agency who was talking about some really mundane like projects, like tracking news mentions and things like that. And it was like perfect for a VA. And he was talking about how he had tried to get one of his PR like juniors doing it, but the, but because they wanted to work in PR, they were getting too like emotionally invested in these media mentions and, and the Mm. media mentions that their company wasn't getting, you know, they were like getting jealous and stuff. And it's just so interesting how you do have to find that balance of 
someone that cares, at least cares about your values and your mission, um, but also kind of knows their place and knows that they can be valuable where they are. Yes. Um, so I love that. We're going to take a quick break for some rapid fire questions. Nothing too difficult. Just say the first thing that comes to mind. Okay, let's start okay. easy. Uh, Mac or PC? Oh, Mac, for sure. <laughs> okay. Pen or pencil? Pen. <laughs> I use the same pen all the time. Awesome. We'll have to talk about what that pen is. Um, apartment or house? House. <laughs> London used to or be Paris. apartment, but I know I was going to say it used to be apartment. <laughs> London or Paris? I haven't been to Paris yet. I hope I oh say Paris gosh. someday. I know. Okay. I I was sure I you would just say London. London. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I I don't even know if anything could come close to how much my husband and I love London, but I'm willing for there to be a contender. Okay, well that's our next 2022 goal. Get yeah. Amy to Paris. <laughs> yeah. Uh, morning or evening? Morning. <laughs> Coffee or tea? Coffee. Lake or ocean? Don't care. Ocean, okay. I guess. Yeah, I'm not a water person. Oh, I didn't know that. I'm cool. not. I'm really not. Okay. Uh, not because people. I can bring my Kindle there. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, <laughs> the Vegas pools where you get, you know, the Vegas pool. Okay, you got me. Brought okay. To you. Contextually speaking, yes, it's the Cosmopolitan Vegas pool specifically. Okay. Specifically, <laughs> but right? Only because it's just so much fun. But <laughs> all right, this one also is probably going to be easy. Blue or pink? Pink. Working hard or hardly working? Working hard. <laughs> champagne or champagne? Champagne. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that was fun. Um, all right, so I, I'm so, again, grateful for your time. I wanted to just ask a couple more questions to wrap up here. There have been some things that you've mentioned that you feel like maybe were, I don't wanna say mistake, but learning experiences in terms of, um, you know, maybe people not having the attention to detail that you wanted or people not having the interest in the mission. Are there, are there any other things that you've learned that you've gone through that you can share for people to look out for? Yeah, I think, you know, I feel really fortunate that, um, I'm, I sit on a board here for the central Ohio transit authority. So that's all volunteer for me. And I'm, I sit as like this, like board member, that's apparently like a big deal, but I, I feel like I get to look at the back end of such a big, big business and, and think about, okay, we, we seem so different, but how are we the same? And something that I'm always thinking about, um, especially because I'm just so proud of how this particular company I'm sitting on the board for has advanced in a number of years where transit is so important in the world right now. Mm -hmm. And um, it's helping people get to work who are on the front lines. And it's just like so big. But I look at how they're always solving problems in with silos. Mm -hmm. And I think to myself, you know, how can we nip that in the bud early where silos hopefully don't become a deterrent or um, a barrier for my company of the future. Right mm -hmm. now with a small team, I would actually argue that the silos could be worse because there's someone that's in charge of a lot of things. 
um, instead of just like one really specialized thing. Mm -hmm. And so they have a lot on their plate. Sometimes it means that they're mediocre a little in certain areas. And then um, they may not be communicating to somebody else that's doing something that really gels with it and they should be talking more. I can't really think of a good example, but I like to look at, you know, is that happening? Like, am I doing something over here that you're already doing over there? Mm -hmm. And because I'm just so caught up in my own brain with the way that I do things, I forgot to even check with you or, mm -hmm. or we haven't talked about what this looks like from a holistic standpoint. Um, I've just noticed that those things start popping up. They're less likely to really be severe at this point because we are talking to each other every single day and we are small. And so we know everybody in every department and what they're like and all those things. But um, that is one thing that it's like, don't miss that early mm -hmm. because if you look at what it looks like in a company that needs a lot of reorganization, which had a last number of years, it's like, you know, we're too smart for this. Like we can work too smart for this. Let's yeah. try to avoid that all, at yeah. all costs. So, yeah, I just, I like to, it feels like they're a lonely Island. I expect everybody to be amazing at what they do and they show up for the job they said that they wanted and they said they get it and that they have the capacity to do it. But I also want to make sure that everybody's talking to each other so that we're helping each other and we're very service focused as a team. Yeah. Do you find, so you've had experiences working literally, you know, next to these people in an office for a time, at least, and you've also had the experience of all being remote. What, what challenges are there on both sides? I mean, I think you and I both prefer to be, you know, in our homes and working remote, but are there things that you can't really replicate with in-person versus virtual? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and still even not being a person that needs to be around people all the time, you know, after a year of quarantining, it gets a bit exhausting and you just kind of, especially when our work is online. So we have this chronic issue of every time something cool happens, it's because we pushed a button. Right. It's like, okay, yay. Like, like, how else can we build community around that other than yeah. like, great job guys. Like, <laughs> like how else can we? So I do think that the, um, the sense of ownership, like the real sense of ownership that I want everyone to have in the work that they're doing is a lot more challenging to achieve when they are maybe not even leaving their one bedroom apartment, they're in a bedroom. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, when they check out for the day, what they go to their dining room table. Like, it's just, right. <laughs> it's, it's like, there's not like this moment. There's not like the team happy hour. There's not. So, um, I think that in, in that way, that's a struggle. It, mm -hmm. it is. And actually I really feel for my executive assistant because when we brought her on, she was just like a little force who really was getting a job because she wanted to. Yeah. And she had had some other plans for herself, but it was sick of being home all the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so she really went, wanted to work with me and it was great. But then all of a sudden, you know, we were all stuck at home. So right. I do realize that's a very timely topic at the moment and it may not always be the case, but, you know, keeping her energized when had big plans of going to an office and being around a group of women all the time. I mean, when that was quickly crushed, 
um, you know, I had to make sure that her A game was still there. And yeah. so, yeah, I, 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 you just have to notice those things right. where I might be like, Ooh, dang, I need you to go to the post office. Like the post office is not fun. Like, she's, she's like, yes, <laughs> give me a reason to get out of the house again. Yeah. Like it just goes back to her motivation. Right. Well, and don't you think that that's the point of hiring people who are different than you, right? Like I think about that all the time. And I try to tell my clients that like the thing that you hate, someone else loves. And totally. that's who you got to find to do it because they're going to wake up and be like, yay, spreadsheets or, you know, yes. whatever it is. Um, so are there Absolutely. things that you've been doing or trying to kind of cultivate the culture while you're apart and keep people motivated? You know, I mean, we really pay attention to um, what's ha happening in each of their lives. I, you know, <laughs> I, I think I had like two out of three were out um, for wisdom tea, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah. Funny. I was like, whoa. Cause like, that's also a thing I've never had to do. So I cannot Ooh. relate, but I was like, okay. So it was just fun. Like, what can we do? Well, yeah. And ice cream, obviously. So Jenny's, <laughs> right? Yeah, obviously. <laughs> Jenny's every time. And so it's just stuff like that. It's like recognizing milestones, you know, yeah. um, celebrating when uh, we actually had somebody get married and it was very um, unplanned, like mm -hmm. from a, oh, it's quarantine. What are we going to do standpoint? And it was like, okay, well, how can we celebrate that? And so I think honestly, like the, the biggest way that I know how to do that is say like, well, what's happening in this person's life? How can we show them that we see them and yeah. that we don't think that our work is the whole world. Um, and we respect that they have a life outside of their work and it makes life more fun, hopefully that they come right. to a cool place to work, but, um, but you should love both. And so, yeah, yeah I mean, I mean, we just try to look at that milestones, birthdays, special occasions, tragedies, you know, like what, what happened that wasn't supposed to happen? How can we be cognizant and respectful of you during that time and, and help you go through it? Like we've had, we've seen it all in a couple of mm. years. Mm. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I, so many people have been going through yeah. so much and you, you are great at gifts. Um, and I think that's like a superpower for some people. I think, I think um, someone has said it's my love language. It, it might yeah. be, it might yeah. be. I think not so, for too. me, for other people. Like, I'm just like, Oh, what can I do? Right. Yeah. Right. Well, it may, yeah. you feel good making them feel good. And that's, yeah. that's just so important to pay attention to. Um, one last question. So if you could give one piece of advice for someone who has never hired a VA before or any kind of assistant before, what would it be? Don't tell yourself you can't afford it. I think the biggest story that we tell ourselves is, um, I, I, I can't afford it. I'm bootstrapping. I've got to do as much as I can. You're probably right on most counts, but you've got to dip your toe in the water. And I think it was Michael Hyatt that said something along the lines of, you know, would you ever pay your um, scheduler $250 an hour? If the answer to that question is no, then why are you doing it? Right. Ultimately, if you want your hourly rate to go up, if you want to be more valuable, you have to spend your time on more valuable things. I like to look at my pretend bracelet that says like, what would Richard Branson do? He wouldn't be doing what I'm doing right now. And that's when I know I need to like walk away. 
Um, mm. Not every time, can't do it every time, but it is good perspective to get. So if you find that you're telling yourself a story about how you can't afford it, um, it's because you don't see the vision on what you're really bringing in terms of value yourself for your company and, and what you do and your expertise. So I would ask somebody to reevaluate that. Thank you. And that's a perfect segue to checking out our panic proof blueprint, which guides you through figuring out exactly what your time is worth, what you're uniquely qualified to do and create a plan for delegation so that you can get shit done. Uh, so thank you for that um, unplanned segue. No <laughs> is there anything that you want to share about what you're doing and where people can find you? Sure. Uh, go on if you want, G-A-T-L-U-W.com. Um, we're all about good morning, good life. So not only can you afford the VA, but you can also afford to take some time for yourself to start the day on your terms so that you can own the rest of your day. So more information over there. Yay, Gatlu House. I'm so excited. You've you've been just like launching and launching and creating, creating, and it's so inspiring. And I can tell that you are utilizing your team well because you are positioning yourself in a place where you're doing seemingly everything that you want to do. So you are just a great success story, I think, for all of us to, to take inspiration from. So thank you, Amy Landino. Uh, and go after the life you want. Don't panic. And we'll see you next time. Check out Amy on YouTube. Her show, Amy TV, has over 400,000 subscribers and she has so many amazing tips for productivity and getting work done, especially if you are very busy and ambitious like she is. And check her out at amylandino.com, gatlu.com. And if you're interested in the Panic Proof Blueprint to help you figure out what you're uniquely qualified to do and make a plan to delegate the rest, go to panicproofblueprint.com and I look forward to talking with you there. We'll see you next time.